Free Talk Live, 855-453-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line. 855-450-3733. That is a toll-free call, and it is brought to you by SACL CAI. And this is the live Friday edition of Free Talk Live with Mark. And Michelle. Jason, no, Jason Talley. Jason Talley's voice is conspicuously absent. Why is that? I'll tell you the story. This morning was Ian Freeman's habeas corpus hearing. Now, this is day 45 of the Ian Freeman incarceration count-up. Our main host of the show, Ian Freeman, decided to stand in front, a year ago, decided to stand in front of a a police car when a, um, I guess they were taking a, a woman to jail that he felt was being taken unjustly. And he delayed the officer an entire 45 seconds, at least. And they tossed his butt in jail for 90 days as a result. Uh, this been he a, got 360, and and most of those were waived. And in the event that suspended, he, yep, yep, suspended. And in the event that he violates his probation, which will be some set of ridiculous rules, then he'll have to go back and, and serve the rest, as I recall, as I understand it, right? That sounds right. So he's got a 90 day sentence to do. Could do as few as 60 days, and we are on day 45. However, there was a um, habeas corpus. Thing filed by uh, uh, Mark Stevens and a uh, local Keniac named David, and they uh, apparently the the judge uh, they made Mark Stevens believe that he was going to be representing Ian, but that Ian had waived uh, having Mark Stevens represent him. But in truth, what happened? This is as Mark Stevens relayed the story to me this morning. Um, and in truth, what happened was that um, they wouldn't let Mark Stevens and David appear because they had not filed paperwork in order to subject themselves to the court's jurisdiction was the terminology that they used. Um, and so uh, Mark, uh, they, they, Ian was to represent himself. Basically, let, Could I, clar- could yeah, I get clarification here? So, so as I understand it, if you do not submit to the court's authority, you either get told to leave. And if you refuse to leave, then you're found in contempt. So why? Why would you, in addition to that, have to... So there's already a rule in place for if you do not submit to the jurisdiction of the court, right? So why would you need to get... Why would you need to sign something saying that you're submitting yourself to the jurisdiction of the court? That's what the guy in the black robe said. Uh-huh. I don't know what else to tell you. That was part of the uh, sub, uh, you know, subjecting oneself to the jurisdiction. I guess, to some extent, there were powers of attorney that needed to be signed and things like that. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know beyond that. I have heard that habeas corpus hearings can be, you know, habeas corpus can be filed upon anyone for anything to find the body of evidence and all that stuff. You got me. The judge sounded relatively reasonable when he was explaining why one needs to fill out this paperwork. However, oftentimes they do make their little rules sound reasonable. I'm not going to claim to be a legal expert. That's why they have lawyers to rob us. Um, <laughs> yes. So they have made these uh, what what at one point were relatively simple operations that people could represent themselves in. They have made them into incredibly difficult things that people cannot even have a chance of representing right. themselves in. And so that's why we down south, we call them liars. Mm-hmm. And um, liars. Liars. Yes, that's right. And. Uh, so, so what happened was uh, the the crew of, of uh, Keen folks, myself included, um, not that I live in Keen or um, necessarily agree with everything that uh, the Keen folks do, um, that, not that there even is a group of people called Keen folks, but a bunch of folks went and um, uh, were to attend this hearing. Jason Talley, our um, Friday uh, co-host here, um, he actually 
was among them. Took, I guess he checked some uh, video gear at the desk, but had his personal camera that he was going to use to take pictures of some things at the clerk's window. To test the Glick finding, right? No, the Glick finding really doesn't have anything to do with it. This is a 91A mm-hmm. of the New Hampshire rules states explicitly that you are able to take pictures and video record documents at the uh, the, the clerk's window. Mm. Uh, the um, the the bailiffs demanded that he give the camera over. He somehow got past the bailiffs with the camera. Um, they demanded he give the camera over. He ref- refused. Uh, they b- tackled him. Mm-hmm. Um, he they tackled him. They, they they subdued him. He then uh, went to the ground. They put handcuffs on him, and then they drug him by the handcuffs um, out of the door, put him in a wheelchair, and according to some uh, some passerby, they roughed him up. So, um, as I understand, he is uh, refusing to process, which means give them his name, rank, serial number, and all that stuff. And, I, you know, I, I, I really, you know, when some activists do this, I think it's uh, setting oneself self up for failure, frankly, because at some point or another, you will give them your information because you they they won't let you go. They, their Supreme Court has said that you must give your name, you must identify yourself, and they will not let you leave their jail cell. And this is the worst sort of jail cell they can provide to you, one that, uh, the, you know, the, where they choose whether or not they give you clothing. You sleep on a slab of concrete. You may not get clothing. You may not get clothing. When I go in for jail, I'm going to tell them I don't want clothing. <laughs> that ought to go well for everyone. <laughs> um, they... Uh, you know, they they put you right there where you're observable at all times by an officer. So you have no privacy while you uh, do your business and that kind of thing. It is a really unpleasant way to be incarcerated. So he is uh, he is in there for the time being. They have uh, hid and ducked and dodged and not let any of the activists know where his uh, you know sort of arraignments and things are at this point. I mean, they they had to have brought him into some kind of courtroom. They didn't. You know, we we can't observe the public. The public hearing is not public because they're not letting anybody know. And um, they actually locked the door on activists because they you know they found out where it was. They locked the door. They wouldn't let people go in. This is at Superior Court? This is at the Superior Court mm-hmm. in Keene, New Hampshire. Let's go to jo- TSA, George. George? Hey, guys. What's going on? Uh, th- so just speaking of just, um, certain justice here, apparently, according to this one article I'm looking at right now, in Canada, a child rapist can get less time than a pot grower. Really? I thought Canada was pretty good about marijuana. Uh, apparently, according to this, this Prime Minister Stephen Harper is getting tougher on pot growers than he is on rapists and children. Under the notorious omnibus crime legislation that was labeled this past Tuesday, a person growing 201 pot plants in a rental unit would receive a longer mandatory sentence than someone who rapes a toddler or forces a five-year-old to have sex with an animal. This is, what? This is quoted, yeah, quoted for, verbatim from the article here. Frankly, uh, 200 plants uh, is not that much, especially if you're, uh, you know, cloning and, um, you know, taking babies off mo- the mama and, and stuff like that. 200 plants really isn't that much. I mean, right. you know, you could uh, you could have 200 plants and not produce more than a couple of, uh, you know, a, a few ounces of marijuana, uh, maybe a p- couple of pounds tops. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, if you're Producing doing it in door, door grow. According to the article, producing just six to two hundred plants, you know, somewhere between six and two hundred. Six, even. so seven uh, plants. Seven plants is uh, punishable by more than uh, more time than uh, forcing no, a child no, no, to have. No, no. You, you misheard me. Okay. Producing anywhere between six and two hundred pot plants. Seven is between six, six and two hundred. Six months. Yeah. 
Yeah. But more than 200 is what? Like 10 years? It gives you that, um, yeah, a longer mandatory sentence. It doesn't say the mandatory sentence. It would be 7 to 14 years. This just shows these people's priorities. Um, they can make money off of uh, the people growing pot. Um, you know, when you're talking about real criminals, they don't really care about protecting you from yeah, real criminals, it. sadly. Out of curiosity, on, the, on another note that's similar, I was wondering if Ian got my, the book I sent him. I don't know. I was curious. You know, actually, George, I can tell you that Ian has no idea who sends him the books because, right, they come from the publisher or whatever, and the the jail doesn't give him any of that information. So he does send out messages to us saying, please tell people, thank you, I am receiving books and I'm enjoying the reading. So thanks a lot for the call. The the book is called um, Everything's Going to Kill Everybody. I couldn't tell you. I'll ask him about it myself the next time I talk to him. Thanks, George. 855-450-3733. It's Free Talk Live. And so, you know, Ian had his uh, habeas corpus hearing today and that, uh, uh, you know, Mark Mark Stevens was very optimistic about that last night, how that would go. Um, I will tell you how it went uh, here um, in a few. You can give us a call at 855-450-3733 on Free Talk Live. You know that cigarettes will kill you. You've been thinking about giving the e-cigarette a try? There is a healthier option. 22,000 times healthier. Well, listen to this offer from Vaporsmiths.com. A pack-a-day smoker will save $120 a month. So you already start being richer, feeling healthier, and smelling better. What more could you want? How about a free starter kit? Just purchase 40 cartomizers with coupon code FTL. Free shipping on orders of $60 or more. 855-2-GET-VAPOR or go to Vaporsmiths.com. Eight fifty five four fifty three. That's the sacred toll free call in line. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. If you're a cigarette smoker, you've probably thought about the e-cigarette. You've heard about it. It is a uh, vaporizing device that will uh, vaporize a uh, a substance that contains nicotine um, and uh, I guess some food based additives, and allow you to uh, you know. Enjoy the the, uh, the the action of smoking without actually smoking. There is no smoke. There's no secondhand smoke as a result. No more ashtray mouth. It tastes a lot better than cigarettes do. And you can get a vaporizer kit for free. All you have to do is buy 40 cartomizers. Those are the things that contain the nicotine, and uh, you sort of stick them on the end of the vaporizer. Uh, this vaporizer that you'll be buying is one of the best-made vaporizers on the market today. And you can get free shipping on uh, your starter kit and 40 cartomizers by going to vaporsmiths.com. And all you have to do is buy the 40 cartomizers, get free shipping, and uh, the, the free starter kit. Or calling 855-2-GET-VAPOR. It's 855-2-GET-VAPOR or vaporsmiths.com. Free Talk Live is the show about your calls, so let's go to Brad in New Hampshire. Brad. Hi, Mark. Hey, Michelle. Hi, is this Brad Jardis? It is. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing. I'm doing. Um, I called in to uh, talk a little bit about the New Hampshire law known as 91A, the uh, right-to-know law. Yes. 
And there's been quite a bit of contention about um, how it applies in the court system up here. In this in this law that it says uh, specifically near the top, I mean, near the the very top of it, that you can take uh, you know video cameras and and cameras themselves and take pictures of uh, documents that you get from the clerk of courts, and it specifically says that, right? Right. Um, well, actually, I don't know if it if the law. I haven't read it in a while. I don't know if it specifically says the clerk of courts. I do know that the the law says uh, you know you can walk into your local city council or city uh, clerk's office and take photographs of stuff. But the reason why the courts get away with um, disallowing people to do what you know ostensibly is their right is because of a very contentious uh, article in the New Hampshire Constitution, and it's uh, Article 73A. It's about two sentences. Uh, actually, yeah, two sentences, so let me read it to you. It's, uh, the title of it is Supreme Court Administration, and it says, The Chief Justice of the Supreme Court shall be the administrative head of all the courts. He shall with the concurrence of a majority of the Supreme Court justices, make rules governing the administration of all courts in the state and the practice and procedure to be followed in all such courts. This sentence is a big hook. It says, the rules so promulgated shall have the force and effect of law. So essentially, if the the Supreme Court is given the authority to make laws by the New Hampshire Constitution, so if, you know, if if, uh, Chapter 91A says this is the law, you know, the courts have to let people uh, into uh, into check on records. To take uh, just- to limited, but including but not limiting photo- photogra- photography, photography, excuse me, photostatic copy, uh, printing or electronic, electronic or tape recording, right? Yes, and according to this article uh, in the New Hampshire Constitution, they can just pass uh, a rule um, you know, unelected bureaucrats, politically connected attorneys can pass a rule that infringes uh, on the legislative process. And a couple of years ago, there was a lot of news in the state about that article, and there were some allegations that the last sentence that said the rule so promulgated shall have the force and effect of law, there was um, some allegations that that was never part, never supposed to be part of the actual constitutional uh, amendment. Um, but nothing really happened with that. But this is how the courts get away with, uh, you know, making their own rules. And there was a case, um, I think it was 1979, called State v. La France. And what it was is there was a uh, there is still a law in the books that says that no matter what rule the courts have, the courts have to allow the police to carry guns into into the courtrooms. I think it's uh, RSA 490. Uh, colon one, right. four ninety colon two, and the the Supreme Court said, you know, basing their argument on Article seventy three a, they said no, the legislature can't pass laws that infringe on our ability to pass rules. So the, Which, the courts can basically do whatever they want, and there's nothing anyone can do about it. This is a very good example of why I am an anarchist and not a minarchist. <laughs> The, the the rules and the laws and the legislation is meant to trip you up. There's Absolutely. No, it's not there to protect you. It's not there to protect your liberties, but rather to screw you so that at every turn you are diso-b- in, in noncompliance and disobeying. Right. So if you read Section 91A of the New Hampshire uh, you know statutes, annotated statutes incorporated or whatever the heck these are, and you believe that you have the right from, you know, the, the law given right to... Uh, 
you know, do uh, copying, whether it's photo- photography, photostatic copying, printing, or electric, electronic or tape recording, because the law says that. But then in 73A or whatever it is, the law says, well, the courts can say whatever they want, and that's law instead of what the law says about what the courts are supposed to do. And just the other day when I was in court, we'll get, to that, we'll get to it later, the judge, who's very nice to me and everything, and let me have like my 15 minutes of fame and, and speak to the galley and, and the courtroom and everything, um, he uh, said to me that he would find me in contempt if I dis- tried to bring up liberty or the Constitution again. <laughs> that's what they do. So, well, I mean, you know, when it comes to... You, go ahead. I'm sorry, Brad. If, 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 if you try to figure this stuff out, you're going to twist yourself into a pretzel. Yeah. And, I mean, this is this is a lot more of a game of chess than checkers when you, you know, dealing with them. And, you know, most people don't have the time to read all this stuff and to memorize it all. But I think the best thing that could happen with this case that came out of the First Circuit Court of Appeals down in Boston... The Glick I think decision? The, the, yeah, the Glick decision. I think the best thing that could happen is someone up here, because of what's been happening uh, in Keene District Court, you know, it's important to note that this ban on photography uh, in the court came about because of the presiding judge in Keene District Court being embarrassed because he was caught on film committing a crime. Yeah. And right for what that, that he was that, never prosecuted for. Of course not. Yeah, I mean, and it's 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 a, a you know it's a complete an absolute case for false reports to law enforcement because he caused someone to get locked up for something they didn't do, but you know the, I think the best thing that could happen is to get in touch with uh, you know someone who's a legal expert like Attorney Seth Hippel up here and have him go to the federal district court and file for uh, what's called a declaratory judgment um, to basically say that the Glick decision sh- um, should include court um, court lobbies. Um, you know, places inside the lobby because, you know, it's you could very easily argue that the ban on um, on photography in the New Hampshire courts infringes on three of the five protected rights in the First Amendment. You know, the freedom of speech, um, the right to redress, uh, and um, freedom of the press. And, you know, it's just what's got to happen is that the Glick decision is, is basically the springboard where you start and then you got to go back to court and get it expanded, and, and you need to be able to say this is how um, this decision should should apply. So, I mean, I hope someone uh, steps up. And I was talking to Jason Talley about it last night, but you know, I think this is this is a sort of the camel's nose under the tent with this uh, with this decision. And I hope it goes further. Well, I hope that uh, I, I hope that Jason can get out soon, and I hope that he has some kind of uh, actionable uh, you know uh, case against these people because it's disgusting. Brad, thank you for the call. 855-450-FREE. SACL toll-free call in line here on Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Ovaltine. Give your kids the nutrition they need to be their best. Visit us at OvaltineUSA.com. Telling your child about healthy food choices is important, but showing her what to eat goes a lot further. Have her help create the grocery list, then bring her to the store with you. Picking out healthy foods together helps kids get in the habit of thinking about what they're eating every day. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday.
855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line here on Free Talk Live's live Friday edition with Mark. And Michelle. Ruger's new SR-40C is a compact version of the recoil-reducing, striker-fired SR-40 pistol, one of the slimmest and most ergonomic full-sized 40 caliber pistols on the market today. The SR-40C is based on the same high-performance glass-filled nylon frame as those used on so many great Ruger pistols, offering the same features, including a slim frame, short trigger reach, reversible backstrap, and ambidextrous controls. The SR-40C features a throw-hardened stainless steel slide or alloy steel slide with nitrodox Pro Black Finish. You can see it at Ruger.com and purchase it at your local gun dealer. SR-40C is a very attractive handgun. You can see it at Ruger.com. Um, also, check out the archives. We Free Talk Live gives you archives for free going back for five years. That's a deal. It is a deal. It is unheard of in the commercial radio world. Certainly NPR will provide you with these kind of things, but Free Talk Live is by no means NPR. Uh, NPR isn't free, though, because tax, tax dollars go to pay for it. Yes, true, but uh, quite, somewhere between uh, 5 and 10% of their budget is uh, is tax. I love the way the MP- NPR is done, except for the whole tax funding part of their their. Um, model and frankly they could drop it tomorrow and they'd make just as much money so anyway archives.freetalklive.com uh, get five years worth of archives that you can do what you will with let's go to travis in virginia travis you're on free talk live what's on your mind did you hang up trying to no, pick up the I phone didn't hang up. okay go go ahead what are you, what, you all familiar with probation i yes yeah, and of course you're on probation are certain terms Yep, sure. There are terms to probation. If a person drinks a beer, do you think they should go to jail for 15 days? No, I don't, but uh, sometimes probation will have those terms. I just want to know your opinion on it. That's what I, I thank you. We, we don't <laughs> think that people should go to jail, period. Um, there are free market... Wait, I mean, hold on. I don't know. She's if certainly not speaking somebody, for me. You should go to jail. Okay, so there. If you kill somebody, you should go to jail. The way the jails are set up right now, all of that is, um, is comes from the state, same state that just murdered Troy Davis down in Georgia. Um, so there is a there is a free market solution, in my opinion, for all things, and um, and the current system with the uh, with the state controlling all things, including. Um, you know, putting people away for for breaking laws and things like that, I find to be immoral. The vast majority of people who are in jail are in jail for offenses where they have not harmed anyone, whether they're yep. in possession of uh, some kind of plant or its extract or or whatever. And I don't think those people should be in jail. Um, people that are a danger to the, uh, to other people, those people, um, we have to be separated in some way, shape, or form from people they may harm. Um, I don't know what that would look like. I do think, however, when people that, that largely people who commit crimes don't make good to their victims, but instead they're making good to society as a whole by serving time i and usually um when they're serving time they're being taught by other criminals how to do other crimes and more I efficiently think, you know, I, I mean I, I i went to jail for 15 days because i broke probation because they found an empty beer bottle with a receipt from two months prior uh-huh that really irritates the living daylights out. I bet it does. I mean you know frankly uh, being on probation is a you know it's, it's a ticket to jail, sadly, um, so many people will take probation in order to uh, avoid jail, and then they, you know, end up paying money to the government and get put in, getting put in in and out of the system all the way through. I've seen guys who have chosen to take jail time over probation just because they feel it is such a uh, a, tra- a trap. 
Um, you know, how long is your probation running for? It'll be the two years will end on February 25th of 2012. I would recommend you not have any beer until then. But why? Because I don't want you to go to jail, Travis. Not because it's right, but because that's practical. We should we shouldn't live in a country where a guy can't sit at his house and drink a beer. I well, there are a lot of people that would tell you, then you just go ahead and leave this country if you don't <laughs> like the way it is. They'll tell you that. I know that, and that makes me mad. That makes me irate. Yeah, so what are you going to do to change it? What can he do? I, oh, oh, you want to know what I've done? Tell me. I yes, I do want to know, Travis. Every, in Put- Putnam County, West Virginia, I have pissed off every judge, every... <laughs> Um, prosecutor with the, with the things I've done, believe me, I've, I've not sat on my ass and done nothing. I can assure you of that. Well, I think we all have to do something. And Travis, I do appreciate the the call, and I, I wish you the best on your probation. Um, you know, good luck one way or the other. I think a man does have the right to uh, drink a beer in his house, whether that man's on probation or not. Now, it might be one thing if your uh, probation was for, say, DUI uh, manslaughter or something like that. I think that there might be uh, there might be some cause for that. Uh, you know, in the same way that you wouldn't let a, a pedophile work at a, um, a, a at a daycare center. But you know, what are you going to do? Um, oh, our, our board up just apparently dumped a portion of uh, of the call because he said a word that uh, the board up didn't like. Okay, so okay, <laughs> I thought you could say that particular word on the uh, on the air. What what word is it? It uh, describes uh, it describes in a vulgar manner urination and begins with a P. And oh. it's only four letters. Oh, but you know that means to get drunk in England. It does. We're not in in England. Um, oh. so, <laughs> that's what point. the board op decides to do. He's so you in, can say he's bloody. Even though that kind of means the it's pretty gross. F word. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So going on, um, we were talking about Ian's habeas corpus uh, hearing here. I gave a brief story about how uh, our, our Friday night co-host Jason Talley has been arrested. I sincerely hope the best for him. Um, I think that this uh, not processing thing is a setup for failure. Not just in his case. I'm certainly not singling him out. I understand why people are angry and they don't want to cooperate once they've been uh, incarcerated. But the fact is that they will hold you. Until you give them the information that they want. And at that point, if you don't give it to them sort of readily, it looks like you've lost. It looks like you broke down. If your principles are not to give uh, people, you know, the the, the arresting officers and those people your information, then you broke your principles. And I'm not saying that 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 is necessarily a principle. I'm just saying that that's what it looks like to uh, people out there. The, 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 the cheering section that wants free staters, free keeners, and libertarians to be bad and wrong. Those mm. people are fortified by uh, people breaking down and giving their information, and nobody cannot break down and give their information. So I think that uh, the best course of action is just choose to process. That's my opinion. I hope the best for Jason. So about Ian's habeas corpus hearing, I was not there for Jason's arrest. I have I'm only relaying the story as it has been relayed to me. Um, when I by the time I got there, they had already had some level of, uh, of, of you know most of the activists had gone through. Um, I was I came in about ten minutes later than this. Uh, you know I got up in there, went into the courtroom, and Ian had not yet arrived. They were not fiddling with the equipment like they were, so Ian was going to be on site as they had said. Uh, they brought him in. Of course, uh, the judge came in. Nobody rose for the judge, um, and uh, which made, of course, the uh, the little the little bailiff fella Tebow very unhappy. Judge Arnold. Judge, Ar- judge Arnold uh, is not presiding over this case because he is uh, one of the reasons that the case is uh, in place. Uh, this uh-huh. is uh, Judge Mangione. 
Um, the so uh, as the case may be, Ian comes comes in. The judge says uh, to Ian that he has three choices, which those three choices are to dismiss this and go away, to represent himself, or to hold this off and get uh, the paperwork filed by. Uh, Mark Stevens, um, who is uh, hoping to do sort of a layperson representation, um, since we uh, Ian believes himself to only have a couple of weeks left on his sentence, just elected to uh, read the pieces of paper out loud in a uh, you know sort of broadcaster style, um, you know, and elaborate to some extent. He pointed out to the court that uh, that in their rulings that the term the city of and um, the state of are terms of our political and corporate terms that these do not represent the land mm. um, and therefore Ian Freeman could not have been present in a corporation because one cannot exist inside of a corporation that the state did not prove that they existed in corporations so therefore the court did not have jurisdiction Um and uh, the judge was writing things down when this occurred. Uh, you know, they elaborated. He asked questions. Um, you know, did you bring this up in trial? Um, Ian kind of hemmed and hawed to some extent. I mean, he sort of had and sort of hadn't. Let me go on with the uh, explanation. You can give us a call at 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. The Ruger LC9, compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP, features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip, and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9, another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at ruger.com lc9. Eight fifty five four fifty three. That's the SACL toll free call in line. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. You can call in and talk about what you'd like to talk about. That's what we do here on Free Talk Live. But I do want to finish uh, what happened with Ian's habeas corpus hearing today. Um, so I was there, Michelle. You had uh, had to miss out on this one. And uh, but you do have uh, your own courtroom antics to report here coming yes, up shortly. It's a quite a busy week, sadly, in uh, Keene, New Hampshire. And since, frankly, the, the the folks on this show are activists as well as broadcasters, we uh, you know we portray, we portray these things to people. So um, Ian's habeas corpus hearing first, uh, you know, pointed out to the judge from um, you know this this thing pointed you know this this piece of paper that uh, was typed up by Mark Stevens. That he was not present in the city of Keene because the city of Keene is a corporate and political body as designated by such and such case law, this, that and the other and all that kind of thing. And it is not possible for him to exist within a political and corporate body because he lives in the real world. And if, um, you know, that, you know, since they the court didn't prove that he existed inside a corporate body, that uh, therefore this is uh, moot and not valid. Um they also brought up whether, you know, the, the right to revolution, which is uh, ensconced in the New Hampshire Constitution, and said that, uh, you know, well, I was I'm revolting. I have the right to do that. I felt that this was wrong. They pointed out that there was no victim and, uh, you know, cited case law in every one of these points and cited it well. I felt that it was really well put together. Um, and lastly, 
said that the according to Article 18 of the New Hampshire Constitution that a uh, punishment must be commensurate with a crime, and he felt that 90 days for waylaying a police officer was an um, you know a, a, not a good sentence that it was uh, too much, and. That um, and frankly, I feel he uh, you know ruined this argument. There were four people that stood in front of police cars that day, and as I understand it, each one of them got zero, um, except for Ian. He got well, ninety did days. Did they get zero because they like pled out? No, um, I know that I know for certain. Meg took um, took her case to trial. I think one of them got dropped, um, and I can't tell you what happened on the fourth one uh, precisely. I'm not I'm not entirely sure what happened on the fourth one. Hmm. So um, but at, at the very least, one of these uh, people that Ian had never been convicted of a, a, a I believe, a first degree misdemeanor at all. Um, so this was his first first degree misdemeanor, his first jury trial. And they went after him because the judge said that he was leader of free keen. He's a cult leader. That's right. Um, so I understand um, Pete and Adamo went in to see him last week yeah. and they just walked right up to the counter and said, hi, we're here to see our leader. <laughs> It's funny. And they they knew exactly what, who they were talking about. Yeah, I imagine they do. <laughs> Sick and tired of dealing with free staters, I imagine, at the uh, Keene, anything, uh, mm-hmm. anything to do with Cheshire County. Uh, <laughs> they're sick and tired of it. So, um, uh, you know, he he made this point that this was too much of a sentence. I agree that it is, uh, the sentence was too long and, and too much. However, I don't think that he made the, the case very well. I think he expected to be uh, represented and his representation uh, wasn't present. So he was winging it. And, um, you know, there's one of the feathers in his wing wasn't there as far as I was concerned. Mm. The judge furiously took notes and asked questions. Um, some of the questions uh, seemed positive and some of the questions seemed negative. The prosecutor stood up and said, essentially, this is frivolous and dumb. Why am I here? Um, and sat back down relatively quickly. I mean, you know, and I, I, I don't know whether that's going to be an effective defense or not, mm-hmm. but uh, he cited no case law. And that was that was that they took Ian. Um, the, I guess there was an opportunity to sort of ban bat something back and forth like a rebuttal um, for both sides and uh, prosecutor Ian rebutted a little bit and the prosecutor chose not to. They took Ian away in chains. By the way, (laughs) this dangerous fella had to represent himself who's in uh, waist chains and shackles and uh, handcuffs. They only let him take one hand out. Um, He asked to be released so he could do this and the, the judge said, you're in custody, sir. So suggesting that, uh, you know, people in custody must be in chains, um, you know, not not convicted for any kind of violent offense or anything like that. It's just a humiliation thing. Ian was uh, had his, you know, his hair unkempt. The chains weigh more than Ian does, I'm sure. <laughs> the, the, uh, the, the His hair was unkempt and his beard was fully grown. Um, he, he looks like a Taliban now. Yeah, he looks like uh, the Unabomber. The um, so. They took him away. The judge said that he would uh, take this case under advisement. I have not heard anything. So if uh, if there is any advisement, I don't frankly, I don't know whether they have even taken him back to the county jail. I have no information beyond when they shackled him back up and took him out of the courtroom. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that was uh, that was that for Ian's habeas corpus hearing um, yeah, today. So, Michelle. Yes, sir. 
you have apparent what seven uh, tickets for not having a driver's mm-hmm. license or license plates, proper registration or something, the the proper paperwork with which to direct and um, your motor vehicles. Is that right? I believe it's nine total, including okay. not having a boater's license mm-hmm. to operate a boat on the water. That's right, their water. Things. Yeah, <laughs> their water, their roads. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yes. So over the summer, I was. Uh, given my first ticket by Officer Joel Schister of Dublin, mm-hmm. who um, who I just then uh, confronted on Tuesday at my trial, where I had you know pled not guilty, and um, and I was there you know t- shortly after ten o'clock, and they did not uh, allow me to go to before the judge until noon at after everyone else. So, so the, in, in, in this last case, you had uh, had worn a large uh, floppy lady hat. I did. And uh, they had asked you to take your lady hat off. Mm-hmm. Were you sitting there with your hat on the whole time waiting for the judge? I didn't. This time I didn't wear a hat. Okay. I only had three people come to the you know cor- courtroom with me. Yep. And I just... I just don't want to make a stink like that when I don't have, you know, yeah, exactly. No one was filming. Okay. So I just thought it would be moot. And, um, gotcha. And, uh, so anyway, I also, I seem to be the only person, um, well, Rich Paul somewhat too, who has, I wouldn't say positive, but who garners some respect from the police and from the judge and the bailiffs and things. And anyway, they seem to treat me differently than they treat other people. I'm allowed to bring in water. I'm allowed to give notes and things to the defendants while they are sitting at the desk, whereas other people aren't. Mm -hmm. I'm allowed to get up and film right up close to wherever, wherever I want to be. So, so given that I have held that, you know, unique position, position. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying that, there's not enough juice in the squeeze for me to stand in for standing with a hat. Yeah, gotcha. exactly. So, um, so I waited though, and I frankly don't think that the highest and most important liberty um, uh, issue in in facing New Hampshire and its denizens mm-hmm. is the wearing of hats in courtrooms. Mm-hmm. I think that people should. That it is ludicrous to have to doff a hat in the courtroom, unless you're wearing some like giant hat that's going to block the view of the person behind you. If I had no hair because I was receiving cancer treatment and I had a hat on and they told me to remove it, I, you know, or someone else was in that case yes. and they were hiding it because they felt embarrassed or shame or, you know, whatever, um, then, then I. I would certainly make a stink then if right. the they judge insisted. They don't make you take off uh, little religious caps uh, right. like yarmulkes and things like yeah. that. They don't make you take off wigs. Um, you know, what, where does this whole headgear thing start exactly? I mean, it, you know, it's a great question. I don't think it's the most important issue facing us today, frankly. Mm-hmm. So. so so, I was there and, um, you know, person after person went up before me. And these were all trials. They weren't arraignments. And, um, and you know, it was... Exactly. Thank you. Um, and you know, one young man who had been at the at my arraignment where you were also, I don't know if you recall, he had like three thousand dollars worth of fines. Yeah, yeah with, like this know, one kid they were they yeah. were gonna just get him. And he felt pretty strong and talked I talked to him afterwards and told him that, you know, we if he wanted some support that he knew where to find us and he could get it and what have you. He was there by himself and he ended up taking a plea deal. 
um, then because uh, they reduced it from like three thousand dollars to nine hundred, and he thought that he was getting such a deal. Yeah, you know that's and that's how it often goes. Um, I mean, you know, when you're when you're facing this, you feel like, well, they've got me with their little rules and stuff. And uh, you know, I mean, take a look at what happened with Ian. Likely, Ian could have bargained and gotten zero for a sentence, mm-hmm. but. He chose not to bargain, and they gave him 90 days in jail, basically because he took a jury trial. They, he had uh, uh, you know, deferred, you know, filled out this paperwork to go from district court to superior court. Therefore, district court had to rule. That ruling was 60 days in jail. He went to superior court, got his jury trial, found guilty of one of the two charges, and was sentenced to 90 days in jail. So the first ruling was 60 days on two charges. The the second ruling was not guilty on one charge. The second charge was uh, guilty. They gave him 90 days. To me, the only conclusion I can draw from that is you've wasted our time with this jury trial. You stinking peon. You surf. And you will be punished for it. This is the pillory. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. Have I got it all wrong? Is it the legal system that keeps us from descending into the Stone Age like those stinking Muslims? Is that what it is? Somebody call in and tell me I'm wrong. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. It's live Friday night edition with Mark. And Michelle. You can call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about. That's what we do here on Free Talk Live. The number is 855-450-3733. It's the SACL toll-free call-in line here on Free Talk Live. 855-450-FREE. You put a one in front of that, it's toll-free call. So, Michelle, you were uh, uh, elucidating upon your, um, your, your, your trial for right. not having the proper paperwork to uh, travel yes. on the roads that belong, the roads and the, uh, the waterways that, be- that the uh, state and uh, municipal organizations claim for themselves. Correct. They never paid for these damn things, though. Right. And um, they couldn't establish for me who my accuser was or who exactly is the state. Mm-hmm. But... Um, uh, as I so it kind of backfired on the judge, him waiting until the morning session was, you know, at its close to have me come up because then the afternoon session started. And so I had like 20 or so people in the audience mm-hmm. in the galley or whatever. They do seem to have uh, sort of systems that, for instance, they'll try to, you know, how do we handle these folks that want to take this to trial and make sort of a display of this? What do we do with them? Should we put them in front? Should we put them behind? Should we move the courtroom so we hide it from them so that their guests don't know where to go? I mean, you know, all just all kinds of tricks that they've played uh, with Jason Talley, our uh, normal Friday night co-host here along with you Michelle um they today they locked the courtroom for his arraignment yeah I mean they locked the door and I've never yeah. seen that happen so it's bizarre please go ahead uh yes so I went up and um and the prosecutor was sitting at the you know desk next to me or whatever and um and he called up Joel Schuster the the cop right away and the judge swore him in and as soon as he was done I said excuse me now, you know that I'm a Christian. Probably if there are regular listeners, they know that also. And and I take my word, you know, I try to be impeccable with my word. And so my yes is a yes and my no is a no. Mm-hmm. Unless you ply me with alcohol or something. <laughs> At which point? <laughs> or you're young and yummy. I don't I know. <laughs> 
then sometimes <laughs> your no be will be persuaded. a yes. I, but in but any it, case. It, just because your yes is your yes doesn't mean you can't be persuaded. Go right ahead. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, so I interrupted it and I said, excuse me. I said, I would like to know by what he's swearing. There was no Bible present or whatever. And, yes. he, and he, said, Upon- he said, excuse me. I said, well, if his yes cannot be counted as a yes. And right. he was he lying before this? Exactly. Exactly. And so the judge got flustered and, and told yeah, me. This whole swearing thing is absolutely stupid. It's, it's been going on for such a show for three centuries. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Quakers, uh, I, I don't know if they're the first ones to ever bring this up, but Quakers won't swear. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's absolutely insane. Are you telling me that the bureaucrat that you're sitting up there having to swear upon nothing mm-hmm. was lying to me before? That's what I asked him. I, I mean, so was he, he's telling the truth now, but he wouldn't have been otherwise. So was I allowed to tell lies before you <laughs> yeah. swore me in? I don't even understand exactly. this. And he said, well, in the event that he perjures himself, then there are serious consequences. He did perjure himself. He lied. Okay. And, and um, what? Where said, are the consequences? There were no consequences. I was told not to interrupt. Yeah. When I objected. I objected to him lying. And yes. they, yeah, whatever. So, okay. So he, um, he, uh. You know, gave his account of of me getting pulled over and everything, and um, and the last thing that the um, did he lie or was he mistaken? I mean, he lied about he actually followed me from Agway, which is a store in Peterborough, the town adjacent to mine. Okay, and he followed me about what like ten or eleven miles before pulling me over once we crossed over into Dublin. Um, and, uh, he said that he, bless you. He said that he, no one heard that, but I did. He sneezed. Um, so he. Professional broadcasters, uh, <laughs> mute their mics when they, uh, have bodily functions. <laughs> so, um, so yes. So the, uh, he said that he was, he was, um, coming, going in the opposite direction when he saw my vehicle and recognized it to be a vehicle that is not registered. Um, and that that is a vehicle that is from his town. And I said, your town do you do you own the town sir and he said law enforcement officers love to do this yes. they they take a full possession of uh, everything frankly mm-hmm. i mean frankly they do as a functionally own everything of yours they can take your car when they want to take it which he has taken it before right. and my so, boat. <laughs> i mean you know d- don't imagine for a second that that it isn't his town or his car well he um but we, it, it is rather presumptuous of him to say yes. so in open court and when the and the judge said i don't see the relevance i said this is an issue of property rights we're talking about my vehicle the state's roads yeah. his town this guy's yeah, running it's... around like this is his town right like he's really doing that yeah as a matter of fact he swore an oath and that's the one thing he said so far that's true your highness <laughs> your worship well and the, and the irritating thing is the fact that he said that he passed me on the road the way he did um it, it prevented me from from saying that he's basically stalking me, which I think he is, and he's haranguing and hassling me. I was able to allude to it a little bit when I got to question him um, because he said that he recognized my vehicle. And I said, how did you know that my vehicle was not registered? And he said, well, because you told me. I said, yes, I did. And when did I do that? And he said, when I came to your house. Yes. When you came to my house and I made you stand outside when it was 11 degrees for an hour and a half and you didn't like that because I wouldn't let you into my home. And, um, you know, so in any event, so I got to question him and then I got to go up and take the stand and the judge swore me in and he said, do you promise to, you know, swear to tell the truth, the whole truth. And I said, as always, yes, <laughs> and proceeded. And, um, interestingly enough, he let me talk for like 15 minutes. 
And I talked about why I don't register my vehicles and how I think it's discriminatory and punitive. And um, there was someone in the in the galley there that said, I like her. <laughs> so, um, but before I had been sworn in, before I got up uh, and when I was, you know, questioning the officer, the judge actually told me that I was not allowed to bring up liberty nor the Constitution and that if I tried to do that again, he would find me in contempt. That's And that's contempt is a scary one, people, because they can just hold you indefinitely. Yeah, I mean, this is absolutely, it is, uh, you know, frightening. And you know, they usually, usually give you an opportunity to allocate, which is to say you're sorry. And so you can say you're sorry. I'm sorry for bringing up liberty or the Constitution in your courtroom, your worship. Right. Yeah. I mean, this is this, ladies and gentlemen, the founding documents of this country use the terms constitution and liberty in them, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, liberally. So why is it that uh, courts set up by those uh, those founding documents will not let you use those tor- those terms within? It's because whatever existed of freedom in this country in the past and I'm not saying it was perfect. It was by no means perfect. I'm not even sure that it was complete. Um, it is no. It, it it is diminishing day by day. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. If we, we were not North Korea, but why the hell would no, you want to diminish to that? Not yet. <laughs> that we, but it's we're closer slipping, than we think. We're you know? slipping down the list of freest countries. Mm-hmm. We're slipping down the list of freest countries, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, there's a certain level of prosperity left, but they're stealing your money too. Mm-hmm. At what what at what point? Do we do something about it? And right. what do we do? Frankly, I wish I wish somebody would tell me what we do. The best things I've been able to come up with at this point are the Free State Project. Move here for the Free State Project. Yes. Numbers, numbers, numbers. And that's what I've got. I mean, you know, I don't know what else. Well, I um so, you know, he found me guilty and um and said that he was not we were not here to weigh the merit of the law but that he was there to enforce it and that um, either I was either I registered my vehicle or I did not. They're very upset because they cannot find a VIN number. My VIN number, since it's never been registered, there it, there's no account of my vehicle anywhere, which really upsets them greatly. I'll bet. <laughs> yeah. And so because they want my property, they want their right to my property. And I said, no. Um, so um, anyway, so the uh, the judge said, that and this is Judge Runyon um, in Jaffrey. He said that he, you know, that uh, he wasn't sure what I wanted him to do because judges have been getting a lot of flack for um, trying to legislate and and create laws, et cetera, et cetera. And he goes, so really, there's nothing I can do. I have only one option, and that's to find you guilty. I said, actually, you can nullify this law. Yes, and he, he said, could, and I won't do that. Yeah. So he gave me a hundred and three dollar fine, and I'll be serving jail time if it, if um, in my appeal I don't win. Mm. What's the appeal cost? One hundred and sixty. Yes, <laughs> but I'm going to go for it. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Free Talk Live. Do you want to take back control of your own money? Then take a look at Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the world's first decentralized, anonymous internet currency, and it's gaining popularity every day. It's free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use Bitcoins anywhere in the world. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.org. Your dollars are going down. Learn more about Bitcoins at WeUseCoins.org. That's WeUseCoins.org. 
Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line. Here are the live Friday night edition of Free Talk Live. You can call in, talk about whatever you'd like to talk about. We mentioned the Free State Project in the last segment. I'd like to tell you what that is. The Free State Project is a... It's not just an idea. It is an actuality at this point. Um, it is an idea to move 20,000 liberty-loving individuals to one state where they can uh, affect the government to the point that it only its maximum role would be to protect life, liberty, and property. It has begun. There are on the, the counter on freestateproject.org says 940-something movers. That's a lot of people. A lot of liberty activists, and we've had a large effect on uh, New Hampshire. I'd say that there's been some ups and downs along the way, but uh, things are going well. Uh, we're certainly having more effect, say, than, oh, you are in your state. Um, there are 125 New Hampshire Liberty Alliance-endorsed candidates elected to uh, the New Hampshire House. That gives them a libertarian veto, essentially. Uh, laws will not pass at this point without the chop of people that believe at least largely in the ideas of liberty. So if you're interested in being someplace where people's goal is to limit the government to uh, life, the protection of life, liberty, and property, Free State Project is the place to be. Things are happening here, and you can go join at freestateproject.org. Pick up, move your life for liberty. And, you know, if there's one place where... We stand a chance of having a government that allows for people to opt out of it. This is it. Yeah. This is the place that you have that, that I can actually foresee that happening. Well, it's it's some ways away, I'd say. But, um, you know, if you get enough people in one area that are um, uh, that are. Uh, you know, in if you get one of, of like minds that you're more likely to have that happen because at this well, point, not just like people... minded here, you know, people are um, the the community of New Hampshireans is what I call them, uh, very self-reliant and independent. And, you know, the liberty lovers that move here um, are, you know, in most respects that same way. And, you know, so when you have a group of people that are independent and self-reliant, you stand a much better chance of of being able to opt out and and have people still do you know be neighborly and watch out for each other and you don't need the the um infrastructure and the uh the state monopoly systems and institutions that so many other places quote unquote need because there are so many mooches yeah, you know yep yeah. well it's it, it's not just the mooches but uh, there's, there's certainly they're an, they're an aspect of it i mean the government loves the mooches because the mooches give them the ability to you know steal people's money the 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 impetus to do so i've just got uh, some information here that maybe jason talley's uh, uh, hearing wasn't being held in secret that the courtroom was locked for other reasons uh, this is the problem when when courts lock their doors why are why are these courtroom doors locked uh, they obfuscate what they're doing it may be his it's dangerous maybe his uh, arraignment is in fact monday morning uh, i don't know I, I don't know um so you know there you go that's uh, a little more information coming in so michelle Yes, sir. Something happened in your court case that I thought was, uh, if nothing else, amusing and anecdotal. Um, the 
there was a big deal had in your uh, what arraignment for, yes. for your ticket about you wearing a hat and uh, it because it's very strange. I mean, at one time men were I, I, I'm certain that this is true that men would have to doff their hats in, in in court, whereas women would be able to keep their bonnets upon their heads. No, no, women had to wear hats in court, just okay. like they had to wear hats in church. It was a sign of respect. There you go. Um, the so, uh, you know, you wore a hat into court and then they asked you to remove it. And yes. So now we've kind of moved to this unisex sort of situation where everybody doffs their hat. Well, when I remember I, when I had said to him, but I'm a lady. And he said, you're a person. So he's not going to, uh, you know, he's not going to allow himself to be accused of being sexist. I see. And discriminating against men and, in, you know, in favor of women. So um, it, was, it was quite interesting. Many of the activists do not stand. I do not stand for um, judges coming into court courtrooms, uh, mm-hmm. much to the chagrin of uh, some uh, bailiffs. Some don't care at all. The um, uh, I do. And, and the reason why I stand is, is because I acknowledge, you know, there was one time where I wanted to be a lawyer and a judge. Mm-hmm. And um, I know how hard it is to, you know, go through that process. And just like I stand when I'm at a football game and the football players come in because I'm mm-hmm. there for them. I go ahead and I stand for him to acknowledge, you know what, you you have gotten this through hard work, etc. Now let's see what you do with it. You're you're you know? you're free. You're free to stand yeah. for whomever you wish. Uh, I have no problem with that. Um, my concern is is that I generally do not stand when uh, people come into the room. I um, especially I would never consider standing when a man came into the room. I have stood when women have come into the room, um, but the and, and you know I have no problem being sexist or judging you know making doing having different actions based on someone's gender that doesn't bother me I don't think that that's a, some kind of sign of uh, of uh, you know believing that their gender is lesser or any way um, but so when they you know I don't hold one man above another and therefore I'm not going to stand to me it's a religious issue right uh, you're not a respecter of persons right God God, God yep. doesn't is not a respecter of persons I'm supposed mm-hmm. to be uh, Christ-like and or whatever um, I'm not gonna you know to me it doesn't make any sense right so um, at the end as I was oh so back at my arraignment he yep. had made the, the he said that it was a matter of etiquette yes that the and judge said I that love etiquette. Yeah. I love men to open doors for me. I like men to walk down the stairs in front of me and to walk behind me as I go up the stairs. In case Is that I, what's supposed to happen? I'm not even yeah, familiar with that particular one. In case I fall. There you go. Right. And, just um, looking at your butt, Michelle. <laughs> so in any case, um, the uh, so at the end, I was standing there and the judge had told me that... Um, that I had this $103 fine. And I said, yes, well, I won't be paying that. And he said that, um, that okay. I said, I'll, I'll be appealing. And he gave me instructions on how to go ahead and do that. And I said, all right, well, in the event that I, uh, you know, whether I, if I don't appeal or, you know, the appeal is, is denied or something like that, then what? He said, well, you have until this date. And he said, is that date convenient for you to come back? I said, uh, yes, thank you. What day, day of the week? And he said, it's a Tuesday. I said, yes, I can come on a Tuesday. And he said, okay, well, then you need to come back and um, pay the fine. I said, but I already told you I won't pay the fine. He said, well, then your option is to serve, you know, to go to jail. And I said, you know, so we do have a debtor's prison here in this country. We're not supposed to. And he just hung his head a little bit. And <laughs> I said, so, yes, yeah, so I'll be, I'll be sitting in jail 
for that. So is are the you know 103 is a funny number here in New Hampshire you get uh, $50 per day. Plus taken. I got $25 assessed for not paying at the time. So that's how they're going to make it into 3 days. So 3 days. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say you know is it going to be 2 days or is it going to be 3 as a result and uh, very interesting. So when you were leaving the But, but before I told him um, before I get to that part I said uh, that I was a single mom and that I work and that I homeschool my kids. So in order for me to do this I would really appreciate being able to come in like late Friday nights and you know get out Saturday nights so that I can be up in time to go to church on Sunday and the guy just like mortified <laughs> you know I'm like I volunteer I homeschool my kids I work I'm a single mom I go to yeah. church on Sunday I got to come in on Saturday so um, as I was leaving um, I waited for him and I said um, he said you know basically what are you waiting for I said well as a matter of etiquette a gentleman always stands when a woman leaves the room and so he kind of raised himself up out of his seat. And you had the judge stand for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's amazing to me. Amazing. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. You can call in, talk about whatever you'd like to talk about. If you've been listening to Free Talk Live for a while, you've probably heard us talk about Bitcoins. Maybe you didn't know how to get them. There's an easy way. You can go to uh, get Bitcoins by depositing cash at thousands of banking locations across the United States, including Bank of America and Wells Fargo. Once you have your Bitcoins, you can use them to pay anyone in the world that will accept Bitcoins uh, with no transaction fees or third parties getting involved. It works just like your average person-to-person cash transaction, but you can do it over the Internet. Bitcoins are Internet cash. Learn more, visit exchangebitcoins.com. Again, it's exchangebitcoins.com. I've got my account over there. I think you should get yours too. Exchangebitcoins.com. Michelle? Yes, sir. Here in the United States, there is a war on gardening. From municipality to municipality, people are being arrested, harassed, harangued, outcoded, all kinds of things because they have gardens. They are keeping gardens. They wish to grow food, organic food for themselves, to nourish themselves and others so that they are... For instance, not polluting the environment by eating vegetables that have been trucked over land and sea. Mm-hmm. They are um, eating vegetables that they know they come from. They are using uh, you know, responsible gardening methods where they don't use pesticides or whatever. Whatever it is that they're – and I'm not saying that using pesticides. They own their body and they're wanting to do what they want with it. And they own their land and they mm-hmm. want to be able to, to garden on it. And I think that this is a – I frankly, I believe that it is your right – to garden on your land. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I don't think that I'm even going out on a limb here. But many many municipalities believe just the opposite. From treehugger.com, 
A Memphis, Tennessee math teacher, along with three students, this is the most egregious case I've seen yet, Mm. along with three students uh, from from his neighborhood, tend an urban garden, keep bees, make vermicompost, I'm not sure what that is, produce biofuel, make soap from the byproducts of biofuel production. The teacher does this in his own time, on his own property, after spending all day teaching. This is the kind of teacher that wins awards that students look back on years later and say, that was my favorite teacher. He was really involved. He cared about me and what was going on with me and me learning about right. things. And, and teaching. Teaching. He was teaching. He was teaching, unlike so many that just <laughs> right. don't. In Memphis, Tennessee, however, this teacher is a public nuisance and he's been ordered to dismantle his garden. Raleigh, Egypt, high school math teacher Adam... Guerrero. Do you want to say it like Ian would? Guerrero. Guerrero. Who tends the uh, garden with uh, three neighborhood students, Jarvis, uh, Jovante, and Shaquille. Um, it was cited by the city for creating a public nuisance, specifically by violating City Ordinance 4838, which says that it shall be unlawful for any owner of personal property to fail or refuse to comply with the orders of the manager of the housing and code enforcement to remove from the premises abandoned vehicles, appliances, vehicle parts, and or any other piece or pieces of personal property of which personal property is dangerous to the public health safety, or welfare, or creates an unsightly condition upon which the property tending to reduce the value thereof, or is a nuisance, or invites plundering, or promotes urban blight and deterioration in the community, or creates a fire hazard or violates the zoning regulations of the city. Yeah, I can totally see how this garden and a couple of beehives, which are completely legal Mm -hmm. in Memphis, by the way, violates this code. Guerrero is also in violation of city code 4887, which says all exterior property areas shall be maintained in a clean and sanitary condition, free from any accumulation of rubbish or garbage. Well, we all know how unsanitary gardens are, all that dirt and life and, well, I'm clutching at pearls just trying to think about it here. By the way, if you're interested in seeing any of the photos of Adams, uh, not even remotely unsanitary, uh, blight-inducing garden, the Memphis Flyer posted several of them there on their website. We've been through this before. Remember the story earlier this summer about a Michigan mother who was facing 93 days in jail mm-hmm. for planting a vegetable garden? We yeah. covered it here on Free Talk Live. We do not miss the uh, the the gardening war stories on Free Talk Live because it just goes to show Americans falsely believe we live in the freest country on, in the world. They falsely believe they that they are free. Haven't traveled much, you know. What I, mean? <laughs> I, I I just I mean I I just <sighs> you know people have their heads buried in the sand so deep that like they're trying to wiggle their shoulders to get in mm-hmm. i mean it's amazing to me um there was also the british columbia man who's facing six months in jail for growing food don't forget the uh you know in in san francisco there have been a couple of stories i mean there's several instances where you're dealing with frankly municipalities that believe they own your property and they don't want you getting one of those unsightly gardens well, and, you know, why do you think that is? This, this is one of the things, um, very much like vaccines, that I actually do buy into the conspiracy thing. I do. I think that that there has been a desire to have population control for a long time. And if and if the government can um, see to it that you are starved um, of, 
nutrition, then your brain doesn't function properly. Just the other day, in fact, the head of the FDA um, said sat down with several restaurateurs, mostly like you know big chain restaurants, mm-hmm. and um, discussed how it was there the FDA and the restaurateurs' um, obligation, moral obligation, a moral duty, he called it, to have uh, uh, to trick people, and he actually used that word to trick people into eating what is good for them. So um, no longer will they be allowed to serve brownies chocolate brownies to kids, but rather the brownies have to be made with black beans, for example. Oh, that should be delicious. Yummy! Which, you know, I mean, I, I was raw foodist for a while. I know that there are all kinds of ways to make really healthy nutritional food. When you, you were know, a raw foodist, did you uh, jaw, pry people's jaws open and shove your food down their throat? I had three kids. That you didn't need to. <laughs> no, actually, my kids were into the food. Um, no, absolutely, I did not. Yeah, I don't, that's what I this don't guy force any of my stuff on people. That's what this guy proposes. He's like, to leave do. me alone. It, Absolutely. He and he in keeping with Michelle Obama's uh uh you know, campaign to reduce or eliminate obesity in the United States. So this is the same FDA though that allows for high fructose corn syrup, which bypasses well, the thing in your brain that tells you that you've had enough sweet stuff. It it may very well be a conspiracy. I don't know. Clearly, some people are conspiring to stop gardens from being uh, uh, put forth. I mean, because there are hundreds and maybe even thousands of cases of gardeners being harassed for doing nothing more than trying to live a more sustainable life to have some connection with the food that they eat. In an area when, um, you know, in an area, excuse me, when uh, shrink wrap, flavorless food reigns supreme. Yep. The problem with many of these ordinances, including the Michigan case, as well as the this new Memphis case, is that gardening becomes a public nuisance when one of your neighbors calls to complain about it. One neighbor, or even a few neighbors, should not have the power to dictate what qualifies as an acceptable, neat, and clean yard. Vegetable garden. I mean, if if you actually took a poll in this uh, democratic republic of the people in the neighborhood about a garden, then you wouldn't find that people would care very much. And this is just the busybodies that want everybody's lawn to be the perfect length and uh, you know to be edged around the. I mean, and and somehow they've managed to. They just take these. I mean, I just read this rule here. It does. It's it's ludicrous. It doesn't say anything about not having a garden. It's talking about junk. It's talking about junk cars and and toilets in your front yard. Right. And this is what they're using in order to just make people comply. And the government doesn't mind doing it because they'll get a ticket out of the deal. Oh, sweet. I mean, we got somebody we can give a fine to? Awesome. And if they don't pay, it'll be a bigger fine. And if they don't pay that, we'll take their house. Right. Because we're the government. We care. We're trying to protect you. So um, I feel safer, don't you? I know. I'm absolutely outraged. (laughs) I mean, I I don't know what else to to say about it. Um, So vegetable gardens are generally not showpieces. They are working, evolving ecosystems full of life. They are full of beauty, just not the kind of beauty that home and garden television and most gardening magazines try to sell us as beauty. I've seen some beautiful gardens. At certain times, it's true, but they aren't aren't ongoingly beautiful. I mean, if they're they're And when you have the chicken manure down, sometimes they can smell it. You know, and, and when there's... The plants are smaller. They're, they're not beautiful at that time either. Mm. Uh, call in. Tell me if I'm wrong on this one. Should people's gardens be gotten rid of? If you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate, well, I know a guy who's really great. It's the Porcupine Realtor. Do you want a home with 20 acres, a lakeside cabin, any takers for renters? and showers too. Mark Warden is the guy for you. 
PorcupineRealtor.com. Eight fifty-five, four fifty-three. That's the SACL toll-free call in line here on Free Talk Live. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. What is SACL CAI? You say SACL CAI is the business of Jason Osborne, who is a big supporter of Free Talk Live, has been for many years, and his business is a. Uh, it, it, they they handle accounts receivable for your business. You probably didn't get into whatever business it was in order to handle accounts receivable. It is thankless and vexing work. Sacral CAI can do it. They will do it well. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com. It's top on the right-hand side of the page, Sacral CAI. So going on with this story from treehugger.com, this is important stuff. Um, you know, a lot of people will uh, say, for instance, uh, you know, make critiques on the activists that are doing civil disobedience because they're doing things that are naughty that people can't get behind or blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I, to some extent, I agree with that statement. However, the people that say that generally aren't getting behind people who are doing things like Adam Gallero, who uh, is a teacher in um, – Somewhere in Memphis, Memphis, Tennessee, Tennessee, who has uh, put together a garden that he's working with some students of his in his off hours um, when he's teaching, continuing to oh, teach, taking an interest in his students and yep. actually teaching them something, and they're showing up and wanting to be taught. Right. Oh, and they're uh, you know often they ought to be saying praise the Lord. Uh, right. Absolutely. That's exactly what they should be saying. Yeah. And oftentimes you will you will um, you'll find that uh, the people that have the critiques for f- people who are doing civil disobedience and other ways don't have any time to. Uh, do anything for people like Adam Gallero. Um, so how can one help? This is in the article, treehugger.com. I decided, I initially wasn't going to read the how can you help thing. I was just going to squeeze this story for what it was good for for Free Talk Live, which is, hey, it's another story about uh, you know gardeners um, around the nation who are being hassled, around the continent, frankly, um, that are being ha- hassled for growing vegetable gardens on their land trying to you know make their lives and every and people around them's lives better because busy busybodies don't like their gardens but i thought you know if i'm going to be, read these people's argument or there there are uh, article there's an the argu- argument to be had that i should also read how one can help um adam gallero the best way is to go to treehugger.com and search for this story um that i've read that way you can get it um get it going here but uh, i'm going to read this part and i'm going to let so that you folks can know good ways to do this adam gallero has been ordered to dismantle his garden before his court date on september the 23rd that's today well jeez i thought when is this thing dated i just got it it was dated the 17th um, and he's uh, been delaying dismantling it due to all the work that he and his students have put into it. Tree Hugger and its readers have made a huge difference in the, the case of the Michigander Gardener. And after we posted here, several other media outlets picked up the story. Our awesome community of readers wrote emails, made phone calls, and posted like mad on Facebook and Twitter. In the end, the city of Oak Park dropped the charges and the garden was saved. This gardener and his students could use your help, too. There's an online petition, change.org. 
the judge, Larry Potter, can be reached at uh, larry.potter at shelbycountytn.gov in support of uh, Adam Gallero's garden. There's a Facebook page called Save, Save Adam Gallero's Garden where you can show your support and receive updates about his case. Uh, there's tweeting and retweeting. The hashtag um, War on Gardens has uh, started gaining steam among garden bloggers and garden writers, and it's a good way to keep in contact with others who are fed up with this anti-gardening nonsense. Our goal is to get the court and, um, to over... Um, our goal is to get the court order overturned before he has to head to court on Friday. Is this isn't is overturned by Which before Friday then? Friday was today. That was today. Yes, he'll have to dismantle the garden to show the court he's complied with their orders. Is this what this is what we want to avoid? We've done it before and we can do it again. So let's stay, save the garden, tree huggers. And um, you know, I, I frankly making telephone calls and sending emails. These are things that I've seen work. I've seen this work, and it doesn't require one picking up and moving to New Hampshire. I do support that. I think it's a great thing. But one can make a telephone call. It costs you two or three minutes of your time, tops. Leave a message, talk to a bureaucrat, um, and let them know that you're upset about, say, somebody being uh, put in jail. I'm sure that the uh, the good folks at the Keene County Jail and the uh, Keene Sub- and the Cheshire Superior Court would love to have your calls uh, regarding uh, Jason Talley, Jason who's Talley, in, in, right. in jail. Um, maybe, maybe um, you know, some telephone calls regarding Ian. I don't know that that's really going to make a difference at this point, considering he's uh, sentenced. But... You know, I, it, these things, I have seen them uh, have some effect, and I, I hope that, uh, you know, folks will do something in this case, too. I am just flat fed up, just flat out fed up with the way that municipal governments are going after people who are growing gardens. I live in a town where this is never going to be a problem. It is a, um, you know, it's a rural town. I could just choose to ignore this. But it is absolutely outrageous that they're telling people that they can't grow gardens on their own land. I, I can't, I, I mean, I, it, it, it stuns me that the average American just continues dancing, watching dancing with the stars and everything that they watch. And, um, you know, that's okay, a response okay, let's, to it. okay. So I'm usually the one that um, is, you know, beating up on people for being so apathetic and such, such a, losers but in any case i'll play devil's advocate tonight and i will take the side of the dancing with the stars people i um over this winter time when i you know i got depressed Mm -hmm. with the with the weather and it happens you know i broke my tailbone having problems with my kids my empty nest syndrome simultaneously i was really 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 in a dark place and quite frankly all i wanted to do was smoke pot and watch hulu you know? I've got no problem with people entertaining I mean, themselves. You know, I'm just I mean, like, I, like I, could, I could just, I was really, I just wanted to zone out. I didn't want to, I didn't want to hear about it. And by the time, you know, evening would come around, I'd just be like, oh, just load me a bong hit. Let me watch my computer. So, I mean, like, I can understand life is, is very different. I'm 43, almost 44. It's very different than what it was like when I was a kid. Yeah. And when you could like. But people will argue that they believe that things are still that way. No. And, and, How I, can they possibly think because they're spending the their time smoking pot and watching Hulu? And rather, you know, they've been doing it for forty-three years as opposed to doing something. They have everything negative to say about people that are trying to do something to to stop this, and nothing positive to do about it. Mm. And I, you know, I've, I've just. I guess I'm I'm frustrated. I've I've seen too many trolls, uh, you know, supporting the death penalty in the last couple of days and supporting this and supporting that in the face of facts 
These people will ignore them and continue going on talking about this thing or that thing being right. And it, it, to me, it's absolutely insane. Um, you know, they would rather have a country that lies to its citizens than have Bradley Manning release some Most documents. Most people don't even know who Bradley Manning is, sadly. Well, the one, but but the, you know, a lot of the ones that do want to see him rot in prison for the rest of his life for you know daring to to release some documents on uh, you know how the you know blowing the whistle on the United States government and the lies it's been telling the laws that its highest officials have been breaking well specifically Bradley Manning um, blew the whistle on the uh, people who shot and murdered um, for fun for pleasure people um, some Iraqis well, uh, and the, the, a woman col- and a the collateral uh, murder video was it probably wasn't at all about fun. I think think they, you know, I mean, it for one, what it does to me is it shows the horror of war and the mistakes that can be made and how quickly people will make a decision. You know, you got a gunship gunship up in the air. Let's shoot these people. They must be bad. And they killed some Reuters reporters. Um, you know, there there certainly have been instances where um, where where U.S. military agents have uh, killed people for fun i mean mm-hmm. there's that that's going on i mean it's sadly there's there's cases out there it's it's happening um but i mean this was frankly uh the hillary clinton and the uh, obama administration broke the law the uh, you know the manning documents prove that and where is the action on that they're not going to take any action they're not going to take any action on themselves right and this is i mean if, this is what's happening and people don't care I, you know, I find that extraordinarily frustrating and I don't know what to do to make people care. I I mean, if you hear my voice and you find out about these things, perhaps a little bit of your time just to see what's done, what what is right. Yeah. Well, someone that doesn't care, please call. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think they're listening to Free Talk Live. The first step is probably calling in um, or going to treehugger.com, finding out what you can do to uh, support Adam Gallero and, and many of these other people that are, you know, Caught in the middle, had no intention of being activists. This guy was just a, a teacher in Tennessee trying to help his students. Mm-hmm. And down comes the iron clamp of the state. Mm-hmm. In this case, it's the city um, acting un- under the auspices of the state, um, you know, telling him that he can't b- create a public nuisance by having a garden. And, you know, if we don't stand up, at some point, they're going to come after you and the freedoms yep. that you have. It's like the poem goes that was written back, the you Reverend know. Reverend Martin Niemeller poem. Absolutely. Maybe we should read that when we come back. No, you can uh, pull it up. Uh, okay. Basically, it goes... Uh, no, well, don't basically know. it. All right. Uh-huh. Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. And now it's time for the Living Beyond Your Feelings Radio Minute with tips and advice on controlling your emotions so they don't control you. Here's New York Times bestselling author Joyce Meyer. You know, disappointment is a feeling. It affects our emotions, and we all understand that. We all do get disappointed in life. We have expectations, and when those expectations are not met, we can initially feel disappointment. But we don't have to let that disappointment rule us. I say often when you get disappointed, you can also get reappointed. I think one of the things that helps overall is to learn not to focus too much on what doesn't work out the way you want it to and to focus more on what does work out the way you want it to. I'm trying to learn in my life, and I want to encourage you to celebrate even your very small victories. The more time you take celebrating the victories that you have, the less you'll be overwhelmed by the things that don't work out the way you'd like them to. 
For the Living Beyond Your Feelings Radio Minute, I'm Joyce Meyer. For more information to help you control your own emotions so they don't control you, please visit Joyce Meyer. That's M-E-Y-E-R dot org. The average person has 70,000 thoughts every day, and many of those thoughts trigger a corresponding emotion. In Living Beyond Your Feelings, Joyce Meyer examines the gamut of feelings that human beings experience. She discusses the way that the brain processes and stores memories and thoughts. Then, emotion by emotion, she explains how we can manage our reactions to those emotions. Living Beyond Your Feelings, the newest book from New York Times bestselling author Joyce Meyer, is available wherever books are sold. Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line. You can call in and talk about whatever you want. That's how we do it here on Free Talk Live. It's an interactive program. And we have an interactive website. You can go there, upload stories, blog posts, whatever you want to upload. People will vote them up, vote them down. You can do the same to theirs. Vote them up, vote them down. It's a voting bonanza there at uh, freetalklive.com. Speaking of voting bonanzas... Sorry, Michelle, I had your mic Oh, muted. you had me muted. <laughs> I did. Speaking of voting, are we going to get to talk about last night's debate? That's what I was thinking about. Oh, did I read your mind? Uh, I, I don't we're know. We're like in sync. We were, we were talking about stuff that might give you a, an, an idea. Of it's that. magic. So I watched some of it and, um, I, you know, I can't say it uh, flipped my lid or anything. I did get to see a really great quote from G- Gary Johnson. Did you get to hear this one? Yes. He had a great joke, uh, which is... Um, my neighbor's two dogs uh, make more shovel-ready products projects than this uh, administration <laughs> has had. You know, that's a funny joke. As I've heard, it's uh, been kind of, kind of floated around, but he's going to get credit for it. He was the one who did it on uh, during that's the debate. National and television. That's it. So I think it was awesome, and I love the fact that Gary Johnson was on the stage. I love that, um, you know... Uh, Ron Paul and Gary Johnson are up there. I don't think Ron Paul got very many questions. But he, har- he got like, what, three? I don't know. I couldn't tell you how many he got, but... And then I, I did see him uh, go up. It appeared that he went and spoke to the moderator okay. and said something, you know, afterwards, um, after they were doing their big, uh, uh, you know, pat on the back and everything, the very last question of the night when they were, you know, uh, smooching up with each other and yeah. and making those comments about, well, who would, I think the question was, if, if you do not uh, get the, um, if you get out of the race, who would you support? And um, they went through and did their thing. And, and one guy said, I'd like a combination of Herb Kane and Newt Gingrich. And they just went hardy, har, har, and thought that that was absolutely hysterical. Was that a joke because they are, neither one of them are doing very well? I, I don't know. I mean, okay. you know, some one of them, who knows? Yeah. They, that's the whole thing is in that hour and a half, no one said a single thing. I mean, Ron Paul says the same thing he always says because he's yeah. consistent and, you know, blah, sure. blah, blah. But um, it was just uh, there was nothing of substance. They nothing. didn't go after each other. Romney and Perry weren't uh, battling it out because this last week there's been quite a, a couple of polls that have shown Perry to be not doing so well um, comparative to to Romney. Um, so. You know, I'm not saying that, that Perry's out of the race, but clearly, you know, one has a, you know, there's there's a rise and then, you know, so your, your little moonlighting or not moonlighting honeymoon uh, period is over. And I think that his might be over and people might have, you know, figured out some more things about uh, his campaign. Not, not quite as excited as they were. Well, people liked it that um, or, you know, they the audience seemed to think it was pretty funny that uh, that he that Rick Perry was able to nail 
um, Mitt Romney on a few of his uh, blunders in his hardback versus softback edition. You know? it, well, hold on just a second. Um, there was differences between the hardback. Yes. And, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. You know, these these candidates, uh, these creepy plastic weird candidates going after each other on what they wrote in their books i mean <laughs> oh and yeah I, looks like on page 147 you oh you changed some stuff and this, Mitt romney is so in love with himself what don't you like about semicolons mitt <laughs> huh what's wrong with a nice semicolon God. I like a full colon. Well, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I don't want anything semi. I like gotcha. it. I like the whole. Thing. Well, they are, they are used for different items. Uh, semicolons, kind of like a. a you know, I wasn't it's a super talking comma. about. Okay. Anyway, yeah. going on. Let's just leave the colons out of this. Um, so you know the these 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 candidates and their back and forth and and so what was your uh, you know I I watched some of this I'll, I'll I'll give you my opinion here in a minute what what was your opinion on it all? Um, well, I started to cry and was told that I couldn't do that. No cry. There is no crying in politics. That's right, Michelle. There that is time. no crying Will in you politics. Just please not cry, please. Please don't do that. I, you know, when I say creepy, I, I look at Rick Perry every time, and I'm sorry. I just find that guy to be the creepiest looking dude. I just, you know, his his smile just tattooed on his face like it never leaves and uh, the lines creased into his his face i don't know i mean i just i to me looks like a an internet meme um i i don't understand what people see in rick perry i mean is it just the oh he's from he's from texas thing just like just like our last republican president he's from texas it's a big state that's a bunch of guaranteed electoral votes right i mean i've i've so far it's true so far no candidate that i know of has not uh, successfully gotten their own state even mondale pulled that off um but Ron Paul's from Texas, too. I mean, if, if it's all about Texas, then one should consider that Ron Paul will pull Texas the same way. One thing that I found very um, peculiar, and I'd like to see a picture of Ron Paul, um, you know, outside of this, is they had, I think that they had the camera angle really weird. He looked like a gremlin almost. I hmm. mean, he, he looked disfigured. He didn't look like himself at all. They twisted the camera angle in some way, Something, you think? Something, yeah. Hmm. And he just looked kind of like. Couldn't say. Formed a little bit. It wasn't very nice. So um, we've we've talked about the debates um, all along here, and you know I feel obligated to talk talk about it for a minute. But um, what was that, Martin? Didn't you say you're going to pull up that Reverend Martin Niemeller uh, poem? Did you pull that up? Oh shoot! Yeah, I figured that would be the case. I didn't. I didn't do it fast enough, did I? You have me doing all kinds of things. Uh, you know? in, in, indeed. <laughs> so are you pulling it up? I I, I can't spell Niemeller. Um, uh, <laughs> let's I'll go to Frank it. in New York. Oh, goody. Frank. Frank is saving us. Frank. Hi, guys. Hi, How are you doing Frank. Tonight? It's rainy down here in New York. Is Thanks it raining for the weather men? report. It's bad, yeah. Is but it, kind Frank, of, uh, is it raining men? No, it isn't. Is it raining cats and dogs? Uh, just a lot of water, but it's raining hope. <laughs> oh, isn't that nice? To statehood. Yeah. To the tune of a $39,000 a plate dinner, I suppose, right? Uh, I would assume the big wigs are actually celebrating and doing things, but uh, yeah, it's exciting. Wait a second what, here. Did I, I thought the Obama administration was uh, opposing Palestinian statehood. Did something turn okay, around? I wanted to make a comment on that, why Obama should abstain or not veto it. And yes. my reasoning is this, uh, having followed the, the uh, Israeli press uh, over the last two years regarding his administration, and especially uh, the editorials over the last 
three and a half months. Um, it's obvious that the Jewish vote isn't going to go to Obama, no matter how hard he thinks it will come to him in the reelection if he just follows the uh, orders of Likud and, you know, what APAC is sort of directing. Yeah. And I think Obama should be courageous and just sort of let the Palestinian application for statehood go to the Security Council. I think a lot, of Jews, a lot of Jews in the United States would love to see a Palestinian state. I know. And in Israel today, there are over 80 academic professors and writers that are supporting, you know, the uh, uh, having a party on Rothschild Street in, in uh, uh, Israel, and they want, you know, a Palestinian state so they can actually solve the problem. Only yeah. a state can negotiate with the state Absolutely. regarding issues of sovereignty. Largely, so, th- largely uh, that's true. And, you know, all you have to do is look at the American Indian. There is no correct. group of people that have been so treated so poorly, Absolutely. live in such terrible conditions. Now, correct. I'm not saying that they don't have some real advantages today and now, but that doesn't mean that there hasn't been three, 400 years. Is your heart bleeding for your ancestors, Mark? Uh, what, is that what's going are. on? The yes, Indians? No, absolutely. I, I think that the Indians have been treated terribly if they would have gotten their own state, a real state, not like these the Cherokee Nation, right. that they yes, would have correct. had some kind of sovereignty instead of getting kicked around and kicked around and kicked around. Oh, okay, so absolutely. are you sending money to the Amazon to where people um, today are being killed and taken off their land? I and have da, 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 uh, da? sent money to the Guarani, which is a particular oh, tribe in well, the I Amazon um, that, uh, that oh. they, they support peace in a, in a, in a unique That's way. That's good. Because we have to take moral action, uh, and we have to follow what is right, what's not politically expedient. And I want to say this, if the United States is foolish enough to veto the Palestinian bid for statehood in the Security Council, then it proves that the United States never was an honest broker for peace. Indeed. And if you go back to the Ben-Gurion in 1948, when he sent his uh, uh, memos and cables to... Uh, Truman, regarding support for the uh, state of Israel along the pal- uh, along the UN mandate proposal, a two-state solution, uh, he agreed that Israel would do that. There would be a second state, a Palestinian yeah. state that would be sovereign. So all of this stuff about Likud and Kadima saying, "Oh, this never existed," is nonsense. Anyone who knows the history, especially Netanyahu, who really is a political hack. Frank, hold uh, the line, should- please. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Free Talk Live. As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes be the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line. Michelle, you got your poem ready? I do. Well, let me, give, uh, let, me, let, me, let me do the live read here about gold.freetalklive.com. First, probably should have some precious metals. You know, there's, it's, now's a real buying opportunity. They've, uh, they actually went, qu- went down quite a ways uh, today and yesterday. Now's a good time to buy seems to be they're going to continue to go up. They can only manipulate the market so much. It's gold.freetalklive.com. Take advantage. Time is short. Gold.freetalklive.com. So I love this poem by Pastor Niemöller. Niemöller. 
Uh, first, they came for the Jews. First, they came for the Jews, and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for the communists, and I did not speak out because I was not a communist. Then they came for the trade unionists, and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak out for me. That's it. And that's why Americans should care about other people's freedom. That's why even though I'm a Christian, I speak out for the Satan worshipers. And atheists and all that uh, sort of thing. Let's go back to Frank in New York. Frank? Thank you. I just wanted to say that it's a great day for freedom, and I was so happy that uh, the Jewish Israelis were celebrating the creation of the state. Over 70% of the Israeli population wants a two-state solution. And it's time that the people take their representation back. And I say it's time for regime change in Tel Aviv and Jerusalem. Let's let's get Kadima and Likud out and uh, let freedom and peace reign. And always so, remember this, the Palestinians are the direct descendants of the ancient Israelites and Hebrews of the Old Testament. And that's it, very important because they have a claim on that land and they've they got have the same been blood for generations and centuries well, and centuries upon centuries. The, they're there. And th- th- this is the reality of the situation. They are there. And to treat them as though basically this is one big prison where we can mow down your buildings Absolutely. and build new stuff. I mean, you just, you have to give them their own state so that they'll Correct. have some kind of sovereignty. These people sovereignty, get kicked around and have... kicked around. Now, Frank, I'll tell me. To you do gooders. We. Speaking for me, oh, have I to have to give to them. Go, guys. Sorry, <laughs> hi Frank. I'm off, to, I'm off to a dinner party. <laughs> so listen, all the best. Ta-ta. And uh, I just wanted to say that you know, freedom is freedom in any culture. And I'm offended by my country acting as a fascist state that doesn't even follow its own constitution and violates the territorial sovereignty of independent nations. And that's what I say. Let freedom begin. And I would say to Obama, do not veto. The resolution of the Security Council. Abstain, but don't veto. Freedom's got to start with you, when Frank. When he vetoes, he's not going to be reelected. APAC will not fund him, and he's a fool if he thinks that's the case. Frank, Listen, thanks, thanks for the call. 855 Carry on to the dinner party, Frank. Yes. <laughs> Let's go to Daryl in, in San Antonio, Texas. Daryl? Uh Mark, Stephanie, what to well, say? Well, I'm not Stephanie. Yeah, Stephanie has this, like, really sexy oh, voice. She talks like this. Michelle, I'm sorry. That's okay. Uh, can, can I blame it on the concussion? You can. Yeah. <laughs> blame it on whatever you want. <laughs> I, I blame it on that. All right. <laughs> but seriously, I, I love you guys. And, uh, Mark, you asked about what uh, major party presidential candidate lost their home state. Yeah. Was there one? It was Al Gore. <laughs> Lee lost Tennessee. And Al Gore yeah. went Tennessee. I remember that now. Regardless of yep. losing Florida, Al Gore would have been elected instead of George Bush. If he if he would have won so his own like state, Al Gore not carrying Tennessee. Yeah. yeah, I guess that's true. If, if he, or yeah, if so, you weren't counting electoral votes, but rather the um. Well, the, yeah, the, the the you know this is this is right, what everybody wants is the uh, the sort of yeah the, the the electoral votes are the ones that count. Um, anything else, Daryl? Uh. And uh, anybody that is interested, I have a book coming out October 4th on elections and how the Republicans and Democrats have hijacked the electoral process. They certainly have. Duopoly. Well, plug your website real quick. Uh, duopoly.freepatriot-press.com. Oh, good Lord. Duopoly.freepatriot-what? <laughs> Wait, is this Daryl? Uh, it is Daryl. Oh, Daryl, how was your MRI? 
Is that meal ready to eat? Uh, it came back negative. Okay, so you're okay. No, I'm still having a horrible, horrible headache. Drink lots of water. That's the concussion he was talking about. Right. Daryl, yeah. thanks for the call. Appreciate uh, I, I'm trying, but, uh, you know, still bad headaches, so I'll, I'll keep you posted. I'm going to pray for you. Can we do that right here on air? For God's sakes. See, we're already talking about people's medical conditions. Daryl, thanks for the call. 855-450-3733. Oh, my God. And Boner Joe in the chat says that I can keep talking like this. <laughs> he likes that. Mm. You know, I I think that uh, people do like, uh, you know, women's voices. If they're a little lower, they they tend to tend to like those a bit more. So. Thinking about this Palestinian state situation that Frank was calling about, to me, this seems like the only solution. They've tried the one state solution for the last 60 years, and it's not going well, not for either side. Everybody's upset uh, one way or the other uh, about you know what's going on, and we need a new solution. To me, it seems like these people need their own state so that they don't have Israel lording over them and you know taking away their land whenever they feel like it and it's you know fr- frankly it's just despicable the way they've been treated i'm not saying that i think that every palestinian um in the world is a good person but i can understand having your land taken away, what that can drive a person to. All these other Arab states, they won't let the Palestinians come there either. They want to keep them there in order to create tension. There's tension. They I need was, a new state. It's not like they're getting the best land, people. Right. I was actually being a little silly when I, you know, I was I was mocking your we, you, them, you know, comment. But um, as far as the Palestinians, I met this very nice man about six or so months ago who was Palestinian and um he had lived over there and was, you know, part of the uh, resistance. And um, when he was even just young, like 15 years old, even, and um, and talked to me about, you know, things that I, of course, wasn't learning in school and I wasn't learning from the news about the Palestinian plight. And um, it is very tragic. And the idea that the United States is the country that that uh, is backing the Israelis in their assault on you know, innocent people is just an atrocity. And, and, you know, so many people do this in the name of, of their faith. And as a Christian, you know, I hear in in churches, Israelites are good ones. They're God's people. Yeah, they're God's people. And so we're going to help them kill people. (laughs) Well, that's what they did. The old Testament. There's nothing godly about that. Let's go to shadow in Huntsville. Shadow. Hey there, guys. How you doing? What's going on? Uh, well, I was listening to you about the Palestinian thing. I even called the White House today and told them that I'm in favor of the Palestinian state. And wow. to make my st- statement a little bit uh, clearer right here, I've said on your show before, and I'll say it again, I'm American Indian, I'm Mohawk, and ever since childhood, in school, everything, I've always had this thing about a foreign power going into somebody else's country, stomping on the inhabitants, taking the land over, and then saying it's theirs, you know? Yeah. And I think the Palestinians should... That land was theirs to begin with, and I think they have the right to go back into it and keep it. Well, you know, it's it. Uh, so this is my opinion on the, um, uh, the, you know, the Israelites being there or whatever they call themselves, Israelis being there. Is they're there too, and I think we have to come up with a solution. Uh, Shadow, if I hope you'll hold through uh, the break here, I think we have to come up with a solution that deals with today not yesterday and not the way things were but how things are today i think people need to you know these people have built their houses whether it's palestinians or israel you can't to slaves just draw some lines and tell people these are your countries it's the best you can do 
Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. Bitcoins. You can buy them and you can sell them. They're a great little commodity. You can accept them for your own products and services. But what do you do once you have them? Why you spend them, of course. SpendBitcoins.com allows you to spend them all in one place. From SpendBitcoins.com, you can spend your Bitcoins at major online retailers such as Amazon, Fishpond, Barnes & Noble, Memory Dealers, and more. When you want to spend Bitcoins, go to SpendBitcoins.com. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line. Squeeze in here, 855-450-3733. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, and boating equipment. ManVentureOutpost, they're family-owned and members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau. That's an important factor when you're buying on the Internet. Some prices are so low they can't even be mentioned on the air. You can get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. Also, when you're doing... When you're uh, thinking about Free Talk Live, think about the AMP program. The AMP program is our little subscription program where you give us $3 a month. You can We uh, have an advertisement-free podcast for you, several other perks. You can support what we do. We only spend the money on advertising, marketing, and promoting Free Talk Live. Thus, you help not only to get the subscription service, but you help spread the message of Free Talk Live hither and yon. It's amp.freetalklive.com. Let's go back to Shadow in Huntsville. Shadow. Yeah, I'm still here. Indeed. You were saying about uh, – we were talking – I guess we were talking about the idea of giving the land back to the Palestinians. And I, I think that's an unworkable solution. Well, uh, yeah, these days perhaps it is. But the, I remember reading in history anyway that uh, that whole area right there, when you call it Palestine, that still was Palestinians. And back in the old days, if I uh, – Remember correctly, it used to be Philistina, you know, Philistines, and then later they became the Palestinians. You know, that's what I got taught anyway in school. So, well, I but think it'd be, it'd I, be very difficult. Land, giving them back the land, at least they should have a state anyway. I'm, I'm all for that, but yeah. I, I think they should really have the whole thing. But like you said, these days, the way things are right now, it probably wouldn't be too practical. Yep. Shadow, thank you for the call. 855-450-3733. I was in Israel at one point. It's been about 10 years since I've been there. And I went to Palestine and I've been to Israel. And I can tell you which one I would prefer to live in. Israel looks like it looks like uh, Arizona. I mean, you know, it, it, you know it's, there's some desert areas and they've got some grassy areas and, you know, they may, they've turned it. There's shopping malls and nightclubs and, and you know, everything. It looks like the United States. I'm very comfortable in Israel. I went to Palestine. It looked like a war zone. I can tell you which one I prefer. But if you don't give other people the freedom to build a better life for themselves, they're only going to hold it against you. This is essentially the problem the united states and as a as, as a proxy it's um, israel have had all along is that they don't treat the other people like their people yes there are some radicals that want to drive israel the israelites into the sea the israelis into the sea they want to kill every jew and, and on earth and all that stuff there certainly are but 
the foreign policy of both the United States and Israel give credence to these radicals. They make they drive people to their arms. They they give in, into the arms of the radicals. They give them these uh, uh, you know they they give them you know make people believe what they're having to say. Here's another thing that's going on that's making people feel this way. From the Charlotte Observer, not not hitting major news sites at all. Iran blasts the killing of its nuclear scientists. Bet you didn't know this. Iran's envoy to the U.N. nuclear watchdog agency says Tehran will push for more backing for its campaign to prevent assassinations of its nuclear scientists after a series of such killings. Ali Askar Soltane says he's very sure about the support of almost all member states of the 151 nation International Atomic Energy Agency. He spoke Tuesday outside the group's annual general conference. Iran has acknowledged the assassinations of two nuclear scientists since January 2010 and a wounding of a third. Foreign officials assert a fourth man shot in July was also a scientist who worked in aspects of Iran's alleged uh, nuclear secret nuclear weapons program. Iran is under U.N. sanctions for nuclear related activities. It blames Israel and the U.S. for the killings. (laughs) Okay, so if you've got a problem with the Iranian government, that's one thing. But to assassinate scientists... Um, The IAEA, the International Atomic Energy Agency, has not been able to show that Iran Iran is building any kind of weapons program. The United States wasn't able to prove that Saddam Hussein had any weapons of mass destruction, yet he was assassinated. Hell, he he at least got his trial. These uh, mm. poor these poor people aren't even getting in a, a, a you know a kangaroo court. Mm-hmm. They're getting nothing like that. Mm-hmm. They're assassinating civilians. Mm-hmm. The United States government appears to be somebody is certainly assassinating Iranian uh, civilians. And that mm. is not a good thing. That really draws up Your tax up the... dollars at work, people. I mean... Good for you for paying for the United States government to go over and do heinous crimes I don't know who people. did it, but let's think about this for a second. You've always got to switch the foot so that you understand. How would we feel if... Is that I'm... me putting myself in someone else's shoes? Yes. Oh. Um, so that we can... You can understand. What would it be like if the Iranians sent over assassins here in the United States to kill scientists that were working on, you know, weaponizing you know, wep- the, the nuclear weapons program here in the United States. What would the United States think about that? The United States wouldn't, most of the people here wouldn't do anything, just like the pe- most people in the United States haven't done anything about the fact that the Chinese have taken over, um, uh, since Bill Clinton was in office, the entire port in in Long Beach. It's one thing to they, own property. It's another thing to kill, uh, you know, citizens, assassinate citizens. Yes, but the idea and the principle is the same, and that people are uninformed. I think people and would be howling for blood. Is what they would mm. be doing. And you know, some people do. They do have things to say about China owning Long Beach. At least they're talking about that. Nobody talks about. Um, I, I haven't even. I hadn't even heard this. Mm-hmm. That they're you know somebody's assassinating Iranian um, nuclear scientists. I mean, I think that this is freaking scary yeah i mean this is the world we live in yeah this is it's frightening frightening stuff and when al jazeera and other news agencies over there they get stories like this and they can push stories like this they look make the united states and the citizens thereof or the people thereof the serfs of the united states look like monsters in the process and then that causes the people in these countries to 
want to harm you and your family. The United States foreign policy, I'm not blaming America. I'm blaming the United States foreign policy for some of the terrorist attacks that occurred. I, I mean, you know, if you listen to the Absolutely. terrorists, you, that's what 9-11 was about to them. Mm-hmm. I understand that it seemed like to us... It seemed like it just came out of the blue. Where did this come from? <laughs> they That's don't like how free we are. We haven't. Right. <laughs> That's because we haven't been paying attention. And. But, you know, when you have Madeleine Albright saying, yes, it, we were justified in killing 300,000 Iraqi children uh, and bombing pharmaceutical companies and um, having these embargoes against them for 10 years. Yes, that was absolutely the right thing to do. And we were justified in doing that. And people just go, oh, okay. <laughs> it's amazing how okay. Americans uh, walk in lockstep with their quote-unquote leaders. Let's go to Kevin in Texas. Kevin? Yes. What's going on? What's on your mind? Uh, well, I heard your uh, talker speaking about his uh, inability to drink a beer. Yep. And uh, I, I caught that, the rear end of it. I didn't hear all of it. but He's not uh, unable to drink a beer. He's prohibited from drinking a beer based yes. upon his... Uh, the conditions of his parole. Yes, that's, that's okay. the most accurate well, way to say it, I suppose. I kind of look at it the same way as this. If, if, in this country, it, you have a right to do things until you you abuse your rights. That would be called um, a privilege. You, Actually, that would be called correct. a privilege, not a right. Correct. Well, okay, all right, same. No, that's not true. <laughs> Actually, that's not a, that's not a true statement. Your rights are uh, have have been mitigated once you, uh, you know, you disrupt the rights of others. So if, for instance, I steal your property, somebody has the right to take that away from me and perhaps uh, punish me for that behavior. Um, so if okay. the, if the gentleman so it is, in fact, a right and Kevin's correct here, Kevin, please hold the line. I think we're uh, going to have an interesting conversation on this one. Uh, oh, goody. Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. And I really do wonder, I mean, is it is it the right of a person on probation to consume alcohol? Hmm, rights? I don't know. Being a convicted felon myself, got some ideas on this topic. My name is Jacob Hornberger. I'm president of the Future of Freedom Foundation, which Congressman Ron Paul awarded for having an outstanding freedom website. Write us at fff at fff.org, and we'll send you a free three-month subscription to our monthly journal of libertarian essays and our booklet, Economic Liberty in the Constitution, which George Mason University economics professor Walter Williams praised in a recent column. That's fff at fff.org. Talk Live, 855 free That's the SACL toll-free call in line. We may be able to squeeze you in if you uh, make that call. Shop.freetalklive.com. It is a way for you to do the shopping you normally do online, whether it's through Amazon or Newegg. And you'll get the same great prices, same great service, same great products that you always get from Amazon or Newegg. But Free Talk Live will get a little spiff. Won't change your price in any way. Won't change your service in any way. Just, you know, do the shopping you normally do. Do it through shop.freetalklive.com. Let's go back to Kevin in Texas. We were uh, discussing a situation where a caller in the first hour uh, called in and said that, um, you know, what do you think about me being able to drink a beer? You know, is that is that my right? And, you know, 
I don't know. I mean, I, I can see why a man should be able to uh, drink a beer sitting at home. The question is, should he be able to drink six? And um, apparently he was sent to jail for 15 days for imbibing that beer. Kevin, your comments? Well, uh, my thought is we were talking briefly there, and we can debate right versus privilege all day long, but if you do something wrong, whether it's your right or privilege, you lose that right or privilege. If you I think have 10 beers and drive on the road, you lose the right and privilege, in my opinion, to be able to... Kevin, we're having some difficulty with your um, audio, and I'm, I'm really sorry about that. I do understand the point you're making, and I want to address that. Um, 855-450-3733. So I agree that if a person violates another person's rights, whether by stealing or um, by you know harming them in some way, harming you know through force or fraud, uh, harms another person, that their rights are no longer in play. So if a person uses a gun to kill somebody... They need to be separated from other people so that they can't harm them, um, especially if they're a danger, continued danger to people. They need to be separated from other folks. And obviously, when you separate them, you aren't going to give them a, uh, you know, a gun to, uh, you know, have in prison. That doesn't make any sense. However, I think that there, the United States court system has turned into an industry, and an industry um, that milks people, and it milks the taxpayer. Money, 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 money. It's, it's about money, and it's they milk the taxpayer, and they milk the 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 the. the, the the people to commit crimes. There's so many crimes out there. There's a book uh, written. It's called Three Felonies a Day, and it asserts that the average American commits three uh, uh, can commit up to three felonies a day. Now, to me, I've read you know excerpts from it. Seems like a heck of a claim. However, what about three felonies a week? I mean, when was the last time you checked the medication in your in your uh, medicine cabinet? Mm-hmm. If it's out of date. Right. And it's one of these controlled substances. Say you've got some, uh, you know, oxycodones or whatever the doctor gave you for mm-hmm. pain. You're holding on to them for the next time you get, uh, you know, some kind of pain or something like that. Mm-hmm. Felony. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, people don't expect this to, to be caught doing this, but the, the it's, it's turned into an industry. Ninety, more than but 90. But it's like the poem, they haven't come for you yet. <laughs> more than 99% of, uh, fewer, excuse me, fewer than 1%, I, should, I have to uh, say this right, fewer than 1% of charges actually end up in a court trial okay let me get this straight where you have a in a country where you have a right to a a court trial in front of your peers they will stack charges upon you to the point that you just don't you're too scared to even take it even if you are innocent and to take it to trial so you'll end up taking a plea bargain in order to make this go away Probation often is part of a plea bargain. I've had friends who will not even take probation because they believe that it's just such a bad deal that they're going to end up in jail. They might as well take the jail sentence and mm-hmm. get the get it out. Let's just get this crap out of the way. I'll take a shorter jail sentence for over a longer period in probation. And, you know, I understand where they're coming from. To me, I think that, the, that what Kevin's statement was, I think it was Kevin, um, is entirely yeah. valid. It's entirely valid. If you, you know, if you... You know, if you do something wrong, then you, you deserve to have your rights taken um, taken away uh, from you, at least for a period of time. Categorically, all across the board. I mean, Derek uh, Freeman, who was arrested for the dance party last week or the week before or whatever, uh, part of his uh, the condition of his uh, probation is that he not he's not allowed to drink. But I didn't say that Derek did anything wrong. 
That was the statement that Kevin made. And the, okay. the point that I, the differentiation I want to make here is that there's a difference between wrong and illegal. And in okay, this country, has, uh, the, the, the court system has turned into such an industry that people do things that are, uh, you know, illegal all the time that aren't doing anything wrong. Well, that's what wrong. I was getting at with the difference between, um, uh, rights and um, privileges. I do think Kevin also pointed out a failing of mine when the gentleman called in about uh, having the right to drink a beer. Mm-hmm. I didn't ask him anything about his charges. I, I guess I consider those things private. Ian, absolutely, our normal first host, would have absolutely asked him those questions. He didn't questions. actually drink a beer. It was a um, an empty beer bottle was found in his... Right, but he didn't deny having drank the beer either. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, He did. He asked, "Does a man have a right to drink a beer while on probation?" Mm -hmm. And I think that rights um, are rights are a funny thing. Rights are about self ownership, and I believe I would say negative rights are about self ownership. Rights are you know if you're going to use the word rights and that's entitlements, and that means if you have a right to something, then I have a duty and obligation to see that you you get that. And I I just I disagree with uh, positive rights. I didn't say this was a positive right. I believe in uh, negative rights. Negative rights are about self ownership. If you have the ownership of your body then you have the right to do anything with it. Correct. In the same way that I have the ownership of of my car. Yes. Um, You know, I have the right to to drive it. So if... Well, New Hampshire would say that you don't have a right to drive it unless it's registered and you can't drive it on the road and you have to drive drive it a certain way and that it is, in fact, a privilege. And a a punishment must fit a crime in order to be a legitimate punishment. If you're talking about a guy who committed vehicular homicide or, or, you know, uh, he's out on bail on his third DUI or something like that and one of the stipulations of his bail or his sentence or his probation or whatever is that he not drank a beer, okay, that makes sense to me. If this is, you know, about check kiting or um, you know, one of the myriad of things that people get probation for, I mean, you know, the people that get run through the system over and over again, that then no, that's not an appropriate thing. If, if, you know, if it was just this guy was driving on a suspended license because he had a, uh, a speeding ticket that he didn't know that didn't get paid and then right. he got probation for this. No, that's not an appropriate thing to give to tell a man he can't drink a beer for. And in the same way, I would say that it is appropriate to tell a, you know, a, a, a convicted pedophile he's never allowed to work at a preschool i get that um i i, I you know a, a person who's been convicted of necrophilia isn't allowed to work at any um any mortician's job i get these uh, punishments however when they make these across the board statements which is no convicted felon is allowed to be a licensed mortician and this is true in some some states mm. No convicted felon is allowed to be a dentist because you administer gas on people. I mean, like literally they just these politicians just do whatever they want to this this class of people, which is growing all the time. Ladies and gentlemen of America, the class of convicted people is growing all the time. And it's one of the tricks that they're using to disarm America. If it's okay for this guy not to have a beer, it's okay for him not to have a gun. And that's what they want you to believe. Now, in the last uh, few minutes of the show here, I do want to bring up um, the fact that uh, the uh, the gentleman, uh, Officer Manuel Ramos, uh, has been charged with Kelly Thomas's death in Fullerton, California. Uh, this, if you guys recall, there were um, five uh, cops who five officers kicked this man to death. Yeah, and beat, tased him, and beat him, and um, so thus far the. Uh, the one cop has is being charged with um, murder. Murder. He has pled. Um, Ramos still has yet to be arraigned. But the rest of these guys are on video doing this. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so, in any case, I was 
that, that's like that is a bit of a win. Yeah, well, I would I, say. I, I, I absolutely. If you believe in justice, um, you know, I mean, this is this is uh, what you're going to want. I mean, supposedly our public servants are there to, to to serve and protect. In this video, this was a um, you know a guy who was obviously mentally handicapped. He was a schizophrenic of some mm-hmm. sort. wasn't taking yep. his medication, but he was not being violent in any way. And to me, I believe that police officers not all of them are willing to do things like this but i believe that police officers know that they can get away with more things that you and i can get away with and as a result some of them will take that opportunity to do things like this they kick this man to death they beat him to death Mm -hmm. i mean the pictures of him are it's horrifying they were not trying to subdue this guy no he was i mean you know he was trying to protect his head and body from them if you call that resisting his dad yeah daddy daddy he was so ramos was wearing a digital audio device that captured the an exchange in which um he actually says to Thomas that he's going to F him up. Mm. So he had every intention. Um, you know, it's going to be hard to uh, get a murder one charge because you have to prove that it's premeditated. But um, I would say that. Well, premeditation, um, it, it's really about how long is it premeditated, um, you know, but I don't think it really matters. I mean, if this cop is convicted, frankly, um, the average per- the average person considers a 20 year sentence to be a life sentence. I mean, you know, uh, what, what difference does it make? If he gets 10 years, that would be uh, justice to my mind. The other four officers remain on administrative leave. Yeah, they're, they're not expected them. to be charged. That's right. Yeah. But these guys participated, too. Yep. Free Talk Live. They, they didn't arrest this guy for breaking the law. They just participated. Free Talk Live. Thanks for listening. 